Here's your host of Shaping Success, Wes Tankersley. What is up, people? Welcome to Shaping Success. We got to call this one morning coffee. I've been doing this for what? I think we got 10 days now. Um, six days last week. This is the fourth day this week. Uh, I decided that I'm not going to do it on weekends. And um, so tomorrow will be the last episode for the week. With the morning coffee, running out of podcast space for um, audio. So we'll see. I'll see if I can get that set up today. But uh, live over on YouTube, if you want to come join TikTok, you're over there. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you want to come, yes, I do. I see you. There is a chat in YouTube. I got you on TikTok over here because I want you guys to be able to hear if you want to hear, but there won't be a whole lot of interaction. I'll be looking from time to time over here and kind of checking and see what's going on. But the majority of everything is focused on this because that is where it is at, and that's where we're trying to grow. grow. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about what I'm thinking about this morning. And how I related to my life and all of the stuff that's going on. And Nikki is over in the old chat room on YouTube. Um, so, congratulations to the Texas Rangers. They have won the World Series. And that is super cool. Now, for those of you who know me, you know that I am a San Francisco Giants fan. I have a Giants hat on too, but I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. And the coach of the Rangers right now is Bruce Bochy. And he is an awesome coach. And one of the things that I really hated when he, I was at his retirement game. So he had retired, right? And I feel like, I always felt like the retirement that uh, it was premature because they were trying to force him out of San Francisco. And you can call me old, you can call me old school, you can call me whatever you want. But it's funny because they, what happened was there was some new, like they had this idea of this new blood thing. And if you've watched Moneyball, you kind of see what's going on with baseball. And I'm kind of an old school baseball guy, old school baseball coach. I have a hard time watching the game now because of what they do. Um, and it's just interesting. You know, it's just different than what it was. It evolves over time. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, some of these players not being able to handle certain things, certain aspects. Um, I'm a huge uh, Will Clark fan. And it's funny because him and Eric Burns are doing this show on the No Filter Network. And they're talking a lot about um, about the, the way that baseball is played now versus the way that it was played then. And, you know, um, I had two goals. This is going to sound really rude, but I don't care. I had two goals this year. Number one, I don't want, I don't ever want the Giants to lose. I don't, that doesn't make me happy. Like I want them to win the World Series, but they picked this coach that pretty different than what Bochi was. Like Bochi's old school and Gabe Kapler was not like completely different, allowing players not to take batting practice, teaching them how to just hit their the only good pitch that they have, all kinds of stuff like that. Like just no hit and runs, no trying to score, no nothing, no like, you know, stealing this and that. Like they're just not enough. It's like all about metrics and they play people who have good stats in certain situations and I hate that. It's like never see the same player. Like the only guy I feel like that played 
the majority of the games at his position was Brandon Crawford and then the catcher at the end, Patrick Bailey. So that was it. Like it was always, you never knew who was going to be playing in the game. And it was, it was just annoying. It was like all about matchups and all about this and that. Well, as a player, you never get in a rhythm. And the only time that you would ever see that with like Bochi would be when, um, like a late in the game, they'd need a batting matchup or something like that, but it was never about metrics. So, um, we're going to talk about baseball and how I think that a lot of people look at sports in a different way than, than I do. Um, sports kind of defined a lot of things in my life and taught me a lot of things, um, about like being on time and being able to fail and being able to keep going and move forward. And I didn't learn until later in life when I became a coach, why a lot of the things happened that happened to me in sports, because as we talked about in the last couple of weeks, and over, you know, the last four years, um, I played football, right? Like I was a really good football player, but my love was baseball and I was a crappy baseball player. And I started to think about why was I not that good at baseball? And it wasn't cause I was, there's times where you could be like talented. Like we talked about, there's, there's some talent and then there's hard work involved in it. And I honestly don't feel like I worked hard enough at it. Um, I could have worked harder. I feel like I made excuses sometimes, which, you know, I mean, you're 18 year old kid, 15 year old kid, but I love the game. Like I love to hit. I was a really good hitter or decent hitter. I guess I shouldn't say that it was really good, but my thing was like, I wasn't fast enough to leg out a triple, but I was good enough to hit a lot of doubles because I could hit the ball far and I could make it to second base. So that's how I played the game. But I never thought about baseball the way that I did until I started coaching and I started thinking about it. Um, and it sounds cliche to say it, but like you think about baseball, like a Hall of Fame batter is a 300 batter, right? And you and 300 means that in a batting average, it's, it's your average, right? So three out of 10 times you hit the ball. You strike out seven, you ground out seven, you you don't survive seven times. So think about that. And a lot of people can't deal with failure very well, but if you put your life and you start to relate it to like baseball and you think about that, what happens? Three out of seven ain't that bad. And so then you start to think about how that works and how life, um, how, how life was, you know, like it's like, okay, so, I've tried this and below average is okay because it's really like above average. It's just weird. It's just weird thinking about it that way. But what we do is a lot of times we sit there and we, we allow life to, um, like when we fail, we just give up. But if you're going to be a professional baseball player, you know, you think about it. People get scholarships to play football or baseball, right? And you go to call it. So so the thought that I want you to sit back and I want you to think about like these people, when I was growing up, one of the things I said was, I'm going to be a professional athlete. All right. That's pretty easy to say. I'm going to be a professional athlete. That's what I want to be. And even like, I'm going to be an astronaut or I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that. Like you say that, but you have to really think about it and break it down in reality. My parents told me, you know, oh, you got the scholarship. You should go do this because you could, this could be a career for you. And like, I'm sitting there going, yeah, no. The average of people who go to college to 
play sports. Like I was one of two people in my class of 200 people that got a scholarship to play sports. One of two. Okay. And like that average is like 0.00000001% of people get that. And then the average of that amount of people. So you think about your college football team, how many people on a college football team go to play professional sports? It's like maybe one, maybe two. Sometimes they don't even get a player drafted to go play professional. But we all have these dreams and it's great, right? But what do you have to do? You have to be uncommon among the common. You have to work harder than the other person to get there, to make that happen. And and so we're sitting here going, this is something that I'm going to do, but not really understanding the work that you have to do to get there, right? So a lot of my thought process is that way. It's like, if I'm going to be better, if I'm going to be more, if I'm going to be the person who gets to where I want to go, I have to be uncommon. And you look around you and you see all these people who do the things that they do and, and do you stand out? And if you don't, you know, and that choice is up to you because you can be happy where you're at. You can be happy just blending in. And, and um, I think I like, like when I just said that, I thought about Homer Simpson in the bushes, you know, how he just kind of like people are talking to him and just all of a sudden he just disappears into the bushes. Um, I just, you, you have to be willing to stand out if you want something. Okay. And what that means is that you can't, you can't give up. Like the uncommon person is the person who keep pushing forward. And I think about that as a baseball game, you walk up to, you walk up to the home plate to take in a bat and what happens? You get thrown a pitch, right? You miss it. It's a strike. You miss it again. It's a strike. Now you have two strikes against you and you have two choices. You protect, you try and hit anything that comes across the plate. You hope that something happens. And I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I just remember watching a Giants game one time when Matt Williams was batting and he was like fouling everything off over and over and over and kept fouling it off over and over. And then the next one, he hit out of the yard. And you foul off 13 pitches, but you could still hit one out. You still have the choice, okay? So it's it's just a crazy thing. That's what I love about sports. Um, it's, it's something that taught me how to be on time. Um, I was talking to my daughter about this. I got to drop the kids off at school today this morning um, in an hour or so here, a couple hours here. When I was talking to her, I was like, you know, I have to try really hard to get my daughter there on time so we don't have to wait in the parking lot because I'm always early. So, I mean, if you're early, you're not really on time, right? But if you're early, you can be on time. If you're late, you won't be on time. And I was always taught that if you're not 10 minutes early, you're 15 minutes late. And so I told my daughter the other day, I was like, you know, I'm trying to get you there around time. But what happens is your mind starts to think about all the things that, um, that stop you, you know, from being on time. So like, I'm thinking about traffic. I'm thinking about maybe when I drop my son off, I don't have enough time to get him in there. Or there's a bunch of people in line trying to check him in. Um, there could be all these things that stop it. So like, I don't want to have that parameter stop me from being on time. And then it becomes a, becomes a process and it almost irks me a little bit to be late and I don't like having to call customers and going hey I'm a little bit behind for no fault of my own 
So when people schedule me for, so like they schedule my appointments and they don't give me enough time when I have to drive 45 minutes, but I only have 30 minutes to get there um, because they haven't looked and they haven't mapped and they don't know what the traffic's like. And I do. So I think I talked about it the other day. So like, I'm always like in my mind, like what is the quickest way to get there? And then things get in the way, right? Like, so you're hoping that things never get in the way. You don't know if you're going to go down the freeway and someone got in a car accident. You can't control that, but you can control how early you are. And hopefully you can be on time. Things that I learned from sports, right? Um, and I'm looking through here. I'm looking, I'm looking through. I, I thought, oh, I'll see what Bruce Bochy has to say. Find some quotes. Um, one of them, uh, one of my, what he has here, this is, you know, this is kind of relatable, but he doesn't have a whole lot of, of good ones. But I mean, the thing is, is that he doesn't get a lot of sound bites. It says, if you're, if you're not prepared, it's not pressure you feel, it's fear. If you're not prepared, it's not the pressure you feel, it's fear. So think about that. If you're prepared, and this is funny because Nikki's in here right now, and I, and I, I think that, um, Nikki's at Toastmasters and I feel like every time she's going to give a speech, she's going to get first place because they give out awards for like best speaker or whatever. I feel like she's going to win every single time. And the reason why is because she prepares and she prepares more than anyone I know. Um, I don't even prepare that much. And I just, I think it's great. Like, I think that's so cool that you do the work in order to make that happen. And that's what you have to do. You practice over and over again. You prepare, 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 prepare. And then when you go there, it's almost second nature. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be nervous, but you've done the work. So it becomes second nature. But speaking of that, there's this quote. I'm going to see if I can find it here. Um, there is a coach, and I'm going to read this speech to you because I think that it's it's definitely really worth it. And it, it talks about like what we do um, in life anymore like we and I've done this before in the podcast and I'm just going to do it again because I really think that the message is still strong and it's still it's still really good so I'm going to I'm going to set the tone um for it because I'm not going to read this thing is like three pages long ah maybe I will um we'll kind of go through it in Nashville Tennessee during the week of 1996 more than 44,000 baseball coaches descended upon the Opryland Hotel in 52nd annual AB CA convention. If you know what that is, it's like a, I've been to one, I've been to one of them in Texas and it was a, it's a, it's a baseball clinic that you go to. And this guy named Tom Scalise was, um, Scalinas. I'm sorry, Tom Scalinas, Scalinas was a coach at uh, a college in, uh, in California. Um, and it said, you know, John Scalinas is here. One man, worth every penny of my airfare. And the guy's like, who the hell is Scalinas? I wonder no matter, I'm just happy to be there. 1996, Coach Scalinas was 78 years old, five years retired from college baseball coaching career. He began in 1948. He shuffled to the stage, impressive standing ovation, wearing a dark polyester pants, a light blue shirt, and a string around his neck from which a home plate hung, a full-sized, stark white home plate. Hopefully you know what home plate is. We're talking about baseball today because the Texas Rangers won the World Series yesterday. Um, if you're over joining us on TikTok, thank you. Uh, you can come subscribe to the YouTube, Shaping Success with West Hankersley, and get in the conversation over here if you would like to get in that chat. 
Of course, the first thing in the mind, he goes, you're probably wondering why I'm wearing home plate around my neck, or maybe you think I escaped from Camarillo Strait State Hospital, which is like a mental hospital, right? Like he's crazy, okay? Um, he's, and then like the whole crowd laughed or whatever. He says, no, I continue. I may be old, but I'm not crazy. The reason I stand before you here today with your baseball people is what I've learned in my life. I've learned at home plate in my 78 years. Several hands went up and Scalinas asked, how many little league coaches in the room? Um, and he said, do you know how, and then everyone raised their hand. He's like, do you know how wide home plate is in little league? And it's 17 inches. So home plate is 17 inches wide. Okay. This is, this is the point you're going to get here real quick. Um, that's right. How about Babe Ruth baseball? This is another, so like the next level, right? Of baseball, 17 inches. That's right. How many high school Coaches, do we have in the room? Hunters raise a hand up. They appeared. How wide is home plate in high school? 17 inches. You're right. College coaches, home plate, how wide is it? 17 inches. Major leagues, 17 inches. So the, you can kind of see the point going here, right? And it said... Um, what do you, 17 inches of confirmed voice billowing out of the walls. And do you, and do you know what big league pitchers can't throw the ball over? 17 inches. They send him to Pocatello, which is funny. Like, do you know what happens if the pitcher can't throw it over 17 inches? Because if you throw it over, it's a strike, right? Um, and so they're like, they send him to, they send him to uh, Pocatello. Brian, I knew you, Brian Sales is in the, in the chat over here on YouTube and our, well, he's on Facebook, it looks like, but, um, yeah, I loved it too. I think this is a great story because I think that this is what it is, you know? I mean, and so what do they do? They don't say, oh, that's okay, Jimmy. You, can, you can't hit a 17-inch target. We'll make it 18 inches, right? That's what they'll do. They won't make it 18 inches, okay? I thought I put 11.2 on there. Sorry, Brian. I will change it. Um, so... Because the pitcher can't hit 17 inches, they don't make it into 18 inches, right? So he says, what do we do when our best player shows up late to practice when our team rules forbid facial hair and a guy grows up unshaven? What if he gets caught drinking? Do we hold him accountable or do we change the rules for him? Do we widen home plate? So that's what's so great about the story, right? Widening home plate like this is what people are asking for every single day. Well, I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Well, okay, well, let's change the parameters so you can. Like I'm late to work. I'm supposed to be on time. What should we do? Well, we'll just let you be five minutes late. We'll let you be 10 minutes late. You see what's unpacking here? Like we're having this over and over unpacking of something and we're making it wider and we're making changes to suit the needs of other people when what we're doing is we're just teaching them that it's okay that you don't have to follow the rules. You don't have to do the things that you have to do. And you can read this. Like the guy's name is Tom. It's like, if you just type in don't widen home plate in Google, you can see the whole story. I'm just kind of giving you a, uh, amended version or whatever the heck. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but the chuckles fat grit. Uh, he goes, the chuckles gradually faded and thousands of coaches grew quiet. The fog lifted. The old coach's message began to unfold. He turned the plate towards himself using a Sharpie and began to draw something. When he turned towards the crowd and pointed up, he was filled with complete 
freshly drawn door in two windows. This is the problem in our homes, with our marriages, with the way that we parent our kids, we discipline. We don't teach accountability to our kids, and there is no consequence for failing to meet the standards. We widen the plate. Then there was some pause, and they point to the top of the house and added a small American flag. This is the problem with our schools today. The quality of our education is going downhill. Fast teachers have been stripped of the tools they need to be successful, to educate, discipline their young people. We are allowing others to widen the home plate. Where is this getting us? And then he replaced the flag with a cross, and then the problem, and and this is the problem in church. Where powerful people in positions of authority have taken advantage of young children, only such authority swept under the rug for years. Our church leaders are widening the home plate. I was amazed at a baseball convention where I expected to learn something about curveballs, bunting, and how to run better practices. I had to learn something far more valuable from an old man with a home plate strung around his neck. I'd learned something about life, about myself, about my own weakness, and about my responsibilities as a leader. I had to hold myself and others accountable to that I knew was right, lest our families, our faith, and our society continue down an undesirable path. I'll finish this off here real quick, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. If I'm lucky, Coach Kalinas concluded, you will remember one thing from this old coach today. It is this. If we fail to hold ourselves to a higher standard, a standard of what we know to be right, if we fail to hold our spouses, our children to the same standard, if we are unwilling to be unable to provide a consequence when they do not meet the standard, and if our schools and churches and government fail to hold themselves accountable, if those they serve... There is but one thing to look forward to. With that, he held the home plate in front of his chest, turned it around, and revealed a dark black backside. Darkest days. <laughs> the thing is, is that accountability is something that we lack today. And if you lack accountability, you will never reach the goals that you want. And this goes back to, you know, this is a small thing. I'm talking about my beloved Giants and players deciding that they're not going to go take batting practice, you know, before a game, something that you should do. Being able to do the small things. And this was when I coached, I always talked about the small things, okay? As a high school team, you have a field, right? Like you're the one who's in charge of the field and you're in charge of tucking your shirt in and you're in charge of looking like a baseball player and, and representing that. And, it, and the kid's always like, why should I do that? What does that have to do with anything? Well, if you can do this little thing, the big thing will take care of itself. If you can learn to sacrifice yourself for the rest of the team, for the betterment of the team, the rest will take care of itself. It's about not being selfish, but being selfish because you're holding yourself to this standard of I'm going to be so good at what I do that even when I fail, I have a good feeling about myself because it doesn't matter because I did everything I could to possibly be better. It comes down to rebuilding the mound after a game or a practice. It comes down to raking out the base paths. It comes down to making sure there is no litter in the dugout. It comes down to having some pride in every single thing you do. And a lot of times we've lost that. 
And, you know, I got a little guff for talking to my daughter about some stuff on the podcast I did with her. But the reality is, is that she is better than that. And when I, and when I look at my daughter and she respects me and she loves me and I love her, if I don't hold her to that standard, if I don't make her do the things that I expect her to do, then she'll never do it and she'll think that it's okay. So we're leaving this on the table. We're allowing these kids and these people to not follow the standard. So you've got to set your standards and you've got to continue to follow them. And that's, that's what it's about. That's what baseball has taught me. So I hope that you guys find something in life that actually teaches you those parameters. Okay, you have to, and like Nikki said over here, you got to, don't skip the steps. Don't skip the small stuff. Don't not do the things that made you better. Don't forget, follow the parameters, do the things that you need to do. Because if you don't, you'll get complacent and you'll think you don't have to do things and you become something that you're not. That's all I got. That's all I got for today. I, and this was what, you know, and like what I like about these morning coffees is, is I get to talk about what's on my mind and that's, that's it. That's what I was thinking today. How those things that you do will shape your life. Okay. So do the work, continue to do it, continue to push forward. Think about the process that you have to do. It doesn't mean that the process doesn't change a little bit to be successful, but you have to continue to practice and be willing to do it over and over and over again, and you will be successful. Thank you guys for hanging out. I appreciate it. Anna's in the, in the chat room as well. Appreciate you guys all hanging out. Appreciate you being here. If you want to support the show, please go join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You can help support this so that we can continue to do this and push out this content. Um, we do have some gear and things like that. If you're looking for some beanies, some shirts, some sweatshirts, all that stuff, go check it out. Remember to go ahead and try and move, not try, do it. Move forward today. Move forward. Have an awesome day.